The Trudeau government unveiled its online hate bill, which contains $70,000 fines for so-called hate speech and even life imprisonment for hate crimes. Joe Rogan called Prime Minister Justin Trudeau a weasel and endorsed Pierre Polyev for Prime Minister. Polish politicians roasted Trudeau over his treatment of Freedom Convoy protesters while the Prime Minister was in Warsaw on Monday. Hello Canada, it's Tuesday, February 27th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Cosmin Georgia. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. In a move aimed at curbing the spread of what the government terms online hate, the Liberals have revealed their plan, including hefty fines for online speech and stringent punishment, including up to life imprisonment for certain hate crimes. The centerpiece of this initiative is the proposed Online Harms Act, details of which were unveiled during a technical briefing released to reporters on Monday. Among the categories of harmful content identified in the act are materials that incite violent extremism or terrorism, promote violence, or foment hatred. The bill will include amendments to the criminal code aimed at addressing hate crimes more effectively. The Online Harms Act, also known as Bill C-63, was tabled by Liberal Minister of Justice Arif Virani in the House of Commons on the same day. The bill would also raise the maximum punishments for the four hate propaganda offenses from five years to life imprisonment for advocating genocide, and from two years to five years for the others when persecuted by way of indictment. Anybody will also be able to file complaints against others for posting hate speech online that is discriminatory against protected categories such as gender, race, disability, and others. Amendments to the Canadian Human Rights Act will let anybody file complaints against persons posting so-called hate speech with the Canadian Human Rights Commission. If found guilty, the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal can order those found to violate the government's definition of hatred with fines up to $70,000 and take down orders for content. According to the text of the bill, The tribunal has the power to order payments of up to $20,000 for the victims of so-called online hate, as well as an order to pay the government $50,000 if the member panel considers it appropriate. Okay, so this is one of the craziest pieces of legislation I've seen come out of the liberal government, and they're obviously trying to rush this through before the end of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's term and one of the most troubling aspects of how they've presented this bill is that they've couched it in this language of protecting children if you watch the press conference yesterday that they held in the house of commons they used horrific examples of child abuse but this bill hides some really really concerning things and some absolutely obvious attacks on free speech and one of the things that wasn't mentioned uh, in this technical briefing because the way they presented this was not um, 
really fully uh, explicatory of what what this bill contains. And the, one of the things that really uh, stood out to me is the fact that people can bring complaints and the tribunal, the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal, can hide the identity of the complainant from the person who is being accused of this these online hate speech crimes. And they can also put a gag order on the accused and have that person, even if they know who is bringing the complaint, uh, compel them to not talk about it publicly. So we're entering really troubling territory here. So Noah, do you buy the government's facade of protecting children? Obviously, it's important to protect children, but what does giving the Canadian Human Rights Commission all of these powers have anything to do with protecting children? Well, you've got it right there, Cosman. It doesn't have uh, anything to do with children, right? Uh, watching that press conference, uh, you can see that you know the Liberals they brought out about those a couple of women to uh, detail these horrific examples of uh, what they've gone through on the internet so that they can justify uh, severe encroachments on uh, the freedoms that Canadians have. At the end of the day, uh, we, we all support protecting children online. That's just a fact. Now, we can debate to what extent the government should be involved in protecting children online and to, to what extent that parents or teachers uh, should be involved in protecting children online. Uh, however, uh, when you give the Canadian Human Rights Tribunal a, a blanket uh, powers to uh, sort of violate people's constitutional freedoms, I mean, people have the right to uh, face their accuser in court. Uh, people have the right to be able to adequately defend themselves. And these tribunals, they don't act uh, as courts. They're something more akin to a kangaroo court because of the way that they operate and, uh, and the way that they uh, don't have to follow uh, normal court procedures. So, And the, and the punishments that you can receive uh, from the Canadian uh, Human Rights Tribunal are very severe. Uh, you can be fined up to $70,000 uh, for something that the uh, government defines as hatred. And we know how expansive the definition of hatred uh, the government, uh, you know, deems hatred to be. Uh, for example, you know, if you post a so-called hate speech online that is discriminatory to, quote, gender, race, disability, or others, to what extent does the government define hate speech toward uh, a race or a gender? Uh, do, do they believe that saying that uh, systemic discrimination in Canada doesn't exist. If you say that, is that considered to be hate speech? What if somebody finds that offensive? Uh, they can take you to the Human Rights Tribunal, and even though uh, the Human Rights Tribunal may find that, no, that is not hate speech, uh, you still have to go through uh, this extensive process where you have to defend yourself. It is a very costly uh, procedure in terms of time and money, uh, and it is just a kangaroo court that is the one that is uh, administering uh, these punishments. So and it should be extremely, extremely concerning for Canadians that the uh, Trudeau government is, uh, is attempting to erode our uh, freedoms in Canada. You know, uh, they're obviously justifying this legislation under uh, Section 1 of the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, where uh, you can limit certain constitutional freedoms on the basis uh, that you have to do that in a free and democratic society. Uh, but we've already had our uh, Section 2 rights, our uh, right to free expression, uh, inhibited so much uh, by past governments and by the Trudeau government uh, that Canadians should say that enough is enough. The other concerning thing is the Liberal government wants to put people in jail, potentially up to life, 
for things they've said. This incitement of genocide before, like, the crime itself, it used to have a maximum sentence of five years, but now it's going to be life imprisonment. And when we take into account that this government has spoken openly about making it illegal to engage in what they call residential school denialism, it gets even scarier. Soon, you won't even be able to question the government's claims about things like residential schools and the findings of these graves, which have, you know, so far turned out to be a hoax. We haven't seen any substantial evidence to uh, substantiate these claims that these extraordinary claims that people have made about these graves and and these so-called mass graves. So that like we're entering territory where potentially you could be sent to jail for life for something you've said. And that to me makes absolutely zero sense considering the fact that we put people in jail for less time when they've committed murder or rape, sexual assault of children. And, you know, they're talking about protecting children, but they're letting out, you know, sexual abusers from jail uh, in much shorter terms than five years. It's it's absolutely disgusting and astounding what they're doing here. Uh, so, Noah, Pierre Polyev said that this is basically an attempt for Trudeau to make it illegal and, and uh, criminalize speech that he hates. Do you think he has a point here? Oh, absolutely, he has a point. I mean, what Justin Trudeau defines to be uh, hate propaganda is probably not what the average Canadian uh, deems to be hate propaganda. And we should be extremely concerned, uh, as you mentioned, that the government is uh, raising the punishment for advocating for uh, for genocide from uh, uh, from five years to uh, to possibly life imprisonment. Now, uh, when we talk about advocating for genocide, you know, if you're like. Hitler or the people that perpetuated the Rwandan genocide, telling people to, uh, you know, go out and commit heinous acts. You know, I I guess that could uh, be, you know, a reason to throw someone in prison for life. But uh, quite frankly, uh, I I, I just don't see that. And I think a lot of Canadians just don't see that happening anytime soon. I'm pretty sure the Trudeau government uh, doesn't see that happening anytime soon, a a genocide uh, happening on Canadian soil and someone uh, being responsible for uh, a genocide happening on Canadian soil or or uh, elsewhere. I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, so what do they mean when they say uh, advocating for genocide? Do they mean, uh, are they talking about the pro-Palestinian protesters in, in the streets when they say from the river to the sea, Palestine should be free, which is a genocidal chant if you know what they're talking about? I, I'm pretty sure not because the Trudeau government, they actually have to pander to those people uh, if they do want to have a, even a slight modicum chance of winning the 2025 election so they obviously don't mean that uh are they talking about uh you know uh, strident support for israel you know what are they talking about when they talk about advocating genocide are they talking about you know uh people who say wrote the book grave error where they're not uh buying into the uh, residential school hoax where you know you believe stridently that 215 uh, children were murdered and placed in a mass grave where uh, there's actually no 
hard evidence that that happened. There's only uh, ground penetrating radar that found uh, soil disturbances. You know, is that uh, advocating for genocide? So we actually don't know what they mean when they talk about advocating for genocide, yet they are so determined to uh, allow people to be sent to jail for life. And if we just look at the other punishments and what they define as uh, hate crimes, you know, the liberals, uh, they find very very minor uh, slights to be uh, hate crimes. So this is uh, very, very concerning stuff, and uh, Canadians uh, should be vigilant. Uh, civil liberties groups uh, should be uh, vigilant. Uh, and in general, uh, people should be contacting their MP and let them know that this is a significant violation of uh, Canadians' rights and freedoms and that uh, MPs should not be voting for this legislation. Podcaster Joe Rogan criticized the Trudeau government and endorsed conservative leader Pierre Polyev for prime minister during a recent episode of the Joe Rogan Experience with guest comedian Tom Green. Rogan also called Trudeau a weasel and described the prime minister as what I don't like in leaders. The two came to the subject of Canadian politics after Green urged Rogan to return to Canada to visit and perform. I want you to come to Canada, Joe. I know you. I know you haven't come to Canada, but, but lately. But because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, so I watch the show all the time, so I, I know. I know what you. I know your feelings about Canada. But it's here's the thing. Everybody loves you in Canada. I, I'm coming down here. Everybody's so stoked that I'm here. I, I love I, Canadians. I, I just hate their government. Pierre. How do you say his last name? Polyver. Yeah. Well, it's French, so it's it's. Well, I don't think he's French, but the name's French. Pierre Polyev. Polyev. So sort of a weird yeah. R, silent R. Yeah, it's a strange, as, as you see it written down, it's very difficult Polyev. to remember. Polyev, Polyev, yeah. That so, guy, mm -hmm. that guy makes so much more sense. Yeah. He's so common sense and just calling out all the nonsense that's been done under this administration. It's just so sad to watch. Rogan had said on a previous episode in December that he would not be returning north of the border anymore in protest of the Trudeau government. Rogan, who is also a UFC commentator, has been a long-standing critic of Trudeau and an ardent supporter of the Freedom Convoy protesters over the past several years. So, Cosman, the embarrassment of uh, Canada continues. You know, we uh, it's almost every day now where we have prominent American commentators or international commentators uh, just ripping into our government, you know, because, we, you know, at the end of the day, the Trudeau government has taken significant actions to violate Canadian civil liberties and embarrass us on a world stage. Uh, so do you believe that the election of a Pierre Polyev government would uh, help ameliorate uh, Canada's reputation? He would have a lot of work set out for him. Um, Trudeau has done like untold amounts of damage to Canada's reputation. Just look at how people saw Canada before 2015. It was a complete different image. Uh, now, when people talk about Canada, they talk about how expensive it is. They talk about all of this woke insanity going on in schools and government. I know people who, who have moved to Romania from Canada They've, they've emigrated there and they tell me that the, you know, Romanians there are just have a complete different picture of Canada than now. It's no longer the paradise that they thought it to be. And they no longer want to come here, a lot of people, because they're, they're concerned about how the government treats its own people and just the amount of homelessness. You know, international students are coming here. They can't find places to live. They can't find work. Everything is too expensive. They've been scammed by some phony college, and they're going back home and telling everybody about their experiences. So we, we have 
a lot of things that need to be fixed before Canada can resume uh, its place in the world. Some politicians in Poland have taken a swipe at Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau during his recent visit to Warsaw, where he engaged in discussions with Polish Prime Minister Donald Tusk on matters relating to international security. The criticism stemmed from Trudeau's handling of the Freedom Convoy protest in 2022. As Trudeau and Tusk shared a handshake in what was meant to symbolize diplomatic report, opposition figures aired their grievances on social media. Witold Tumanowicz, a member of the Polish legislature representing the Confederation of Liberty and Independence Party, quipped about whether Trudeau offered advice on tactics to suppress protesters. Tumanowicz asked, quote, Did he advise on how to block bank accounts of protesters? Joining the chorus of disapproval, political liberal activist Jacek Artizel also weighed in, suggesting a shared approach between Trudeau and Tusk in potentially targeting citizens. Bartizel asked whether they can collaborate on taking away retirement and bank account funds. A recent ruling by the federal court found that the liberal government had violated the constitution with their invocation of the Emergencies Act. As you mentioned, Noah, in, in the last story, we do frequently see uh, foreign politicians, uh, international politicians, criticizing the Trudeau government, and it often comes when they're on trips abroad. And this time it was in Poland, but before we've seen him face criticism while he was in UK. I don't know if you recall, he was in UK to meet uh, former Prime Minister Boris Johnson, I believe, and there were protesters outside of the Prime Minister's residence there, uh, protesting the Prime Minister in Britain. So, I mean, everywhere he goes, he seems to be despised by some segment of that country's population. And I'd like to point to some of the coverage by our colleague Harrison Faulkner at CPAC, because he spoke to several international politicians there, including uh, the leader of the Alliance for Union of Romanians, George Simeon, uh, and uh, Christian Terhesh, who was a big critic of Trudeau in the European Parliament. He's an MEP there. And they have nothing good to say about the prime minister. Because I saw what this guy did in your country, and it's absolutely inadmissible. Uh, the fact that someone who is in power is using that power against his own people and against his own country should not be tolerated anymore. And we live in a, in a, in a world right now where people who are elected by the people, they forget the fact that they have to also work for the people, not against them. And the fact that, you know, your prime minister is doing what he's doing, you know, is not okay at all. And uh, I have to tell you that I was deeply moved by what the truckers were doing. And among them, there were a few Romanians. And some of them escaped Romania during communism. So they went to Canada seeking freedom and looking for freedom. And it's, imagine their, their, their shock when they realized that you know, protesting for freedom, protesting for, for basic fundamental rights, and nevertheless protesting about, you know, to be left alone and decide whatever they want to decide about their body. So Noah, was the Prime Minister and his cabinet's use of the Emergencies Act a critical moment in that fracture of his image and Canada's image at large on the world stage? Absolutely, Cosman. We have to remember why the Freedom Convoy came to Ottawa. 
the Freedom Convoy came to Ottawa because uh, these people were already dealing with significant violations of their liberty. During 2020, they were locked down, and in 2021, uh, they had to remain in their homes while other people could roam the streets because uh, they were potentially unvaccinated, and their children had to remain home uh, and deal with significant learning loss. So all that pent-up uh, stress and uh, aggression uh, that the Trudeau government and provincial governments had caused over the COVID-19 pandemic all boiled over when the Trudeau government uh, imposed a draconian measure to limit truckers from being able to basically do their job and cross the border. So the Freedom Convoy came to Ottawa to protest uh, violations of civil civil liberties. And the response uh, to, that Trudeau basically gave was that he was going to continue to violate their civil liberties uh, and, and just uh, ramp up the aggression. Uh, he was going to freeze their bank accounts and he was going to clear away their protesters with the RCMP that was going to trample on uh, the protesters. So uh, that was definitely a, a sign that Canada was going in the wrong direction. And internationally, uh, people saw that. So when Trudeau goes uh, goes on trips internationally, uh, meets with the Polish uh, leader, uh, meets uh, in, with the British Prime Minister, people don't want their countries becoming more like Canada. And that is not something we could have said, say, 20 years ago. Uh, if you had asked people worldwide if they want their country to be more or less like Canada, they would say, yeah, we want to, to be more like Canada. Canada is a country of prosperity. Uh, Canada is a country of freedom. Uh, Canada is a country of opportunity. And that is three things that Canada is not viewed as anymore. Uh, people do, do not believe that uh, Canada is a country of freedom, prosperity, uh, and, and opportunity. And so people don't want their country being more like Canada. So when Trudeau's uh, meeting with the Polish Prime Minister, uh, they don't want uh, Trudeau influencing him in any way, shape, or form. And that is why you get that sort of response. And that is why uh, when, say, Trudeau goes to 10 Downing Street to meet with uh, Bojo, uh, there's going to be protests. And why he meets with uh, Do Donald Tusk, you're going to have uh, opposition uh, politicians uh, weighing in and, you know, chiding him uh, for meeting with a world leader that had uh, frozen uh, bank accounts. You know, they don't want an authoritarian style of government. And it is a shame that that has become our reputation. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news.